SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Another special edition of the show as we continue our offseason series, uh, previewing what's in store in 2020 for each team within Conference USA, as well as looking back at the highlights of 2019 and the offseason to date. Um, rarely do we get a head coach on the show, but we are grateful each and every time one comes on. And today we have a treat for you guys with Coach Will Healy of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte 49ers. Joe Londrigan, Eric Henry here with you as always. Before we introduce Coach Healy, Eric, how are you feeling, my friend? Uh, it's been a weird, it's been a weird time in our lives, but I'm um, excited to talk football with you once again. Absolutely. It has been a weird time, but I think we're all, uh, the good thing about it is that we're all in together, right? And if we all kind of band together, we can make it through this time. And anyone who has listened to this podcast over the now two and a half years that I've been on it knows how I feel about the Charlotte 49ers outside of the program that I cover routinely down here in South Florida, the FIU Panthers. You probably heard me talk a lot about the, the Niners on this show. So I'm really excited that we have Coach Lee on the podcast and we'll get a chance to do a deep dive into the Niners. Absolutely. And without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, bring on our guest for today, Coach Will Healy. Uh, super excited to have you on the program. And again, can't thank you enough for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be on with y'all. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's jump right into it, Coach. The uh, jump from 2018 to 2019 in terms of offensive production was a pretty significant one. Uh, we saw you guys go from uh, from pretty low in the uh, offensive rankings from number uh, ten in terms of scoring offense to uh, number four. Um, what do you attribute that jump to in terms of production? Well, I got to give a lot of credit to our offensive staff. Um, Alex Atkins, I thought, did a phenomenal job of calling plays for us a year ago. Obviously, uh, we have a new coordinator this year. Alex took the offensive line job at Florida State. And so Mark Carney, who was our quarterback's coach a year ago, will step into the play calling role. Uh, we hired Lee Grimes, who was uh, an offensive line coach at Texas A&M, to, to take over coaching the offensive line and been extremely impressed with what he's been able to do. I you know, I, I think the biggest uh, biggest deal was we had some consistency at the quarterback play, especially the last five games. I mean, at one point in time a year ago, we're sitting there at two and five and, and wondering where we're going to be able to find a way to scratch out another win on the schedule. Uh, and, and Chris Reynolds really came alive and, and had uh, a, a dynamic last five games of the regular season. And, and uh you know, Benny LeMay was, was a huge asset for us running the football. Victor Tucker was a go-to threat for us that we were looking for at the wideout position. And, uh, you know, I, I thought we did a really good job of, of covering guys up and, and running the football and uh, establishing the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, I, I think that we just became a little bit more familiar and confident and, and we, we had some um, you know, we, we got on a little bit of a roll and, and, uh, and probably overachieved in some ways, uh, as our confidence grew down the stretch, but, uh, some, some great individual performances and, and a great job by our offensive staff of putting guys in positions to be able to make plays. hundred percent. And one of those, 
standout individual performances that you mentioned was, of course, Ben LeMay. Uh, he's, of course, now off to the NFL trying to make that professional dream happen. Uh, but in 2019, he was the second leading rusher in the league with uh, 97 and a half yards per game on the ground. Uh, what are your thoughts on replacing the production that he brought to your offense in the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, the production in a lot of different places that we lost from a year ago is is pretty staggering. Uh, you're losing your all-time leading tackler. You're losing a third-round uh, draft pick and a defensive end that had 14 sacks and was an AP All-American. You're losing a fourth-round left tackle, and, and then you're losing an undrafted free agent running back who rushed for 1,000 yards in consecutive years. So, um, I, you know, Benny was special, and uh, it'll be difficult to replace all of them. Uh, I think it's probably going to be done a little bit more by committee than it necessarily will be one guy. But uh, Aaron McAllister is obviously a guy that when Benny missed two games due to injury this past year, uh, he stepped up and had 100 yards rushing against Middle Tennessee. Um, You know, I I think that uh, Trey Harbison, the grad transfer we took from Northern Illinois, has been really, really good for us in, in the nine practices we were able to have this spring. Um, and then we're going to have to have some guys step up that were on the roster or, uh, you know, two of the guys that we signed, uh, we feel really good about. So, um, you know, Elijah Turner's a, a big time back out of Buford High School. Um, you know, I, I think that we've, we've got, uh, we've got five or six that we feel like can do it. And now it's just, uh, we got to figure out how to spread out the carries. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Real quick, when you look at the situation that Benny is in in Cleveland now with the Browns, um, what do you think about their chances for the upcoming season? Obviously, with the NFL, they're uh, you know they've been a perennial perennial joke for a long time, unfortunately. But as an Ohioan, I'm just kind of curious, you know, your thoughts on their thoughts uh, or their prospects for the season. Well, I think it's such different expectations than it was a year ago, you know, and and now maybe you go back to the chip on their shoulder uh, that they probably should have had from the get-go. I mean, it felt like last year everybody was trying to name them Super Bowl champions, and it didn't go that way. And it and it takes a while, as, as I've seen and failed at plenty of times, to really build it. And uh, I don't care what league you're in. Uh, when you have expectations to be able to meet them and, and uh, sustain them and then um, – you know, and then to be able to go the to the next step, I think is is difficult, and and that growing experience was was difficult for the Browns a year ago. Obviously, I'm a big fan. We got two guys in Benny and Larry Ogunjobi, uh, both Charlotte, you know, former 49ers that uh, um, you know look to do big things in Cleveland. So, I would say that the chips back on the shoulder, and uh, I know that I've had opportunities to talk to both Benny and. Larry, um, you know, uh, here over the last couple months, and I I know they're both excited about uh, where that organization is heading. Coach, looking back to your own season in 2019, you were able to close it out with uh, five straight wins in in the regular season leading up to the bowl game. Uh, To what do you attribute that? Was there some sort of adjustment that you made around around that point to kind of get your guys in gear and and know that uh, if you wanted to finish out the season with a winning record, you, you had to make some changes? Well, I, I think that the biggest thing for me is, you know, we're sitting there at, at two and four going to play Western Kentucky. And uh, I think I probably made a huge mistake as a coach expecting to kind of survive on somebody else's players. And, and uh, you know, hey, we'll, we'll really get our culture to where we want to get it uh, when we have a full year to be able to do it. Um, and we're, we're two and four. And I'm saying, well, dang, I mean, 
I'm not doing either. We're not winning and we're not establishing a culture that I think can sustain. And uh, so we got back to the, to the fundamentals. Um, we got back to the basics of what uh, I feel like is, is right for, for a program to look like and, and the, the discipline and the details and, and the process of what it takes on a daily basis to, to have success. Um, and, uh, really started worrying about what was going on in-house versus worried about anybody we were playing. And fortunately, we were, you know, we were really lucky to win against North Texas, uh, uh, down 17 in the fourth quarter, and uh, and that kind of sparked it for us. Uh, played really well the next week against uh, against Middle Tennessee uh, at home and found a way to win, and then uh, went on the road uh, where we hadn't won on the road all year long, and and we're down. Uh, at UTEP and, and found a way to come back and win. We beat uh, Marshall on an unbelievable uh, home game experience to get the six win and be bowl eligible for the first time in school history and then capped it off with a big road win at Old Dominion. So our confidence just kept growing. And, um, you know, it, it was it was a North Texas game uh, that really sparked it. You guys, of course, uh, closed the season out with a seven and six record. Uh, moving into uh, this off season and, and the twenty twenty season, uh, I understand you guys just started voluntary workouts. Uh, curious how those are going and and what you have kind of noticed from your team as they kind of start to to trickle back in. Obviously, with the uh, scenario surrounding having uh, large groups of students on campus and, and everything that goes into that right now. You know, it's different. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, it's it's a learning experience for us you know um the crazy thing about this is, is it's probably not if we have somebody who tests positive it's when and then how do you handle it what's your protocol um so it, it's been a learning experience for us I, I think we've got a great plan to get guys back and keep them healthy um all of our workouts are outside um you know we're, we're right now we're just moving it from groups of 10 to groups of 15 uh they're keeping six feet of social distance if if we have anybody who touches a, any type of weight room equipment, uh, we sanitize it and then wait 30 minutes until the next person would touch it. So uh, we're taking all the precautions. We're, we're temperature checking every morning. Uh, we're, you know, fill, they're filling out a questionnaire of any symptoms that they may have. And if anybody's not feeling 100%, then they're staying at home. And so uh, I, I think we've got a really good plan in place. Um, you know, I, I'm sure it's very different for – our players to not be able to come in the facility or to walk by me with a mask on and, and I want to go hug them and, um, you know, and, and shake their hands and all that type of stuff. And, and we're not allowed to do that. So it's, it's a different experience. Uh, but I think our players are excited about being back and uh, excited about the opportunity to, to play football this fall. Football players have a reputation for playing through the pain, sucking it up, whatever you want to call it. Do you think, um, you know, I know you can only speak for your players, but do you do your players understand that um, this isn't one of those situations where, you know, for kind of the greater good of their teammates and everyone else that, you know, they have to kind of pay attention to these symptoms and make sure that they're not spreading this around? You know, I think the educational piece of this is extremely important and not to act like I'm holier than thou and have always taken it as seriously as I need to take it even. Um, you know, so we do talk to them a lot about it. This is not the time to play hurt or this is not the time to suck it up, so to speak. Uh, we got to be honest and, and we got to look out for the good of, 
of each individual player and the good of the team and, and the organization. So uh, we talk about that a lot. Um, the communication aspect, the, the being upfront and honest is, is, is really important. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's in a lot of ways and obviously it's different, but there's some similarities to concussions, you know, and how do you feel, um, you know, and, and just being, like we're we're not fighting through concussions here, you know we're not fighting through head injuries, so tell us how you feel or when something goes wrong um and and make sure that you're communicating with us effectively so we can be proactive and keep you safe it's It's a similar protocol uh when it comes to the covid that's certainly comforting to hear as a as a fan. Um, so, Coach, one of the things that uh, I read that you guys have been doing in this offseason in the uh, Charlotte Observer the other day, actually, is bringing in speakers from uh, from all around sports. Uh, Panthers coach Matt Ruley, Luke Keekley, uh, Cody Zeller from the uh, from the Charlotte Hornets, rather. The list kind of goes on and on. And I think that's a super interesting concept to bring in these different speakers for your players to learn from both in terms of, uh, you know, being an athlete and just uh, developing as a person in general. Um, what was kind of the inspiration for getting this going and, and how's that kind of paid off so far? Well, I think I felt like they were going to get tired of hearing from me every single week. That was probably the biggest reason why I wanted to have somebody who I felt like believed uh, similarly to what we believe, uh, but but would give them a different message from from a different uh, from a different view. And and our uh, the speakers that we've had have been incredible. I mean, you know, Luke Keekley and Greg Olson on a Zoom call together talking about their five favorite plays that each other made uh, is something that I'll remember forever. Michael Vick. Uh, just talking about his experiences and what he's learned and, um, you know, and, and, and going back and watching some of the clips of him with the Falcons and, and at Virginia tech and, you know, the Eagles, I mean, it's just, you know, an amazing athlete who's got a great story and, and wants to make a difference and an impact, um, you know, and, and, and help others learn from his mistakes. Uh, he was very open and candid and uh, allowed our guys to ask questions and uh, really, really, um, powerful message by him. Uh, Matt Rule is obviously incredible. Uh, Ronald Nord, who's an assistant for the Hornets, and, and Cody Zeller, uh, right along the times of, of the last dance episodes, um, was really cool, especially to kind of hear their, their Jordan stories. Um, you know, Inky Johnson, Brian Kite, he's Nesslinger. I mean, I go on and on. We, last week we had, uh, uh, a social activist uh, come on and, and um, a congressman come on and talk about uh, what Juneteenth, what, what's the history of Juneteenth? You know, it, in my opinion, it's, it's our job as, as athletic programs to educate people. Why are we taking Juneteenth off? What does it really mean? What's the story behind it? Allow, uh, educate our guys on, on, um, you know, on, on what this day really means in, in, in history. Uh, same thing I believe in voting. You know, I, I think it's great that everybody's talking about giving the, the day off to vote. But, you know, w what if we educated them on and, and made them do their research on who the candidates are so they know why they're vote voting for cer certain people? Um, as well as make sure that all of them are registered to vote. So I think the educational piece of this is extremely important. Uh, obviously, the, the focus and the shift over the last three or four weeks for us has been making sure that our players' voice is heard and, and that our players understand 
I may not understand what they're going through, but I got their back and I want to learn. And so um, none of our meetings, none of our team meetings have had anything to do with football. They've all been culture aspects and, and, uh, and team building opportunities that uh, have been awesome to be a part of. I tell you to put those Zoom calls out as a podcast, but I know we don't need the competition, so I'll I'll just not say that. Um, Coach, one more question for you for me before I turn it over to my co-host here. Uh, obviously, Carolina's not short on great food and great fast food spots in particular. If you can only pick one, you can only keep one, Chick-fil-A or cookout, which one's got to go? I can't survive without Chick-fil-A. I, I mean, can is a bad word, but... Uh, you know, one of the people who's been the greatest to me since we got here was Rob Rogers, uh, who owns the Chick-fil-A right next to campus. And I've, I've been a big Chick-fil-A fan before, but meeting Rob, uh, I, I, I can't survive without Rob Rogers in my life or Chick-fil-A. So, uh, I I'm, I'm, would never go against him on that one. It's funny that you mentioned Chick-fil-A because two years ago, the year before you got to Charlotte, uh, when I covered the game up there, FIU at Charlotte, the press box meal was actually Chick-fil-A sandwiches. However, by the time I got back up from the field up to the press box, they were all gone. So I will uh, co-sign you as far as not being able to live with Chick-fil-A or live without Chick-fil-A, I should say. But um, I could do it to, for uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> exactly. Same here. To kind of transition to my questions here, um, we had a chance to talk at CUSA Media Days last year. And for our, our listeners who may not know this, Conference USA Media Days are in a normal year. They're pretty fluid in terms of just it's a very casual atmosphere and you can kind of just walk up and grab a coach as they're, uh, as they're available. So one of the questions that I, I got a chance to ask you, is you talked about your goals for 2019 and you said that one of your goals was to kind of make Charlotte cool. You know, you said that, and, and I want to make sure that I pulled the quote back up correctly so that I would quote you accurately. One of the things you said was that right now, if you're a kid who's looking to win a conference championship or, you know, play for a team's going to have a 10-win season, Charlotte might not be that attractive right now, but your plan was that you're going to get there, but it's going to take a little bit of effort and, and some time on your part. How do things like, A, making a bowl game last season, and B, you know, little things like club lit, how does that help in terms of uh, accomplishing those goals? Well, I, you know, and today we just announced uh, uh, we launched our new brand um, and, and new logo. Um, I think that it's about being recognizable, and um, it is about creating an environment where people would want to come play, uh, where you're cool not only to, uh, you know, to high school coaches, but to, to high school prospects. And I think it starts in the city of Charlotte. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that whether they end up signing here or not, whether we end up, end up taking them or not, that local area prospects understand that we've got a great brand of football and we've got a place that, that they need to be, you know, to watch in and, and that they need to, uh, to come visit. And so uh, I think Club Lid has obviously helped us do that and market ourselves on a, on a national uh, level. Um, I think this new brand launch will, will also help add some momentum to, to what's going on. Um, you know, and I, I think that playing in a bowl game, even though we got our butt kicked, was, was a, a great step in the right direction. Obviously not what I want our end goal to be. Um, you know, I, I want to win conference championships and I want to win bowl games, uh, not just appear in them. But, but I think we made some tremendous strides the last couple weeks of the season. Um, we've now created some expectations for ourselves uh, on what we want life to look like for, for future years. And, and uh, now the hard part is like we just talked about is, is meeting those expectations and, and uh, 
and making sure that um, we're not satisfied with with uh, having a couple wins and just having a good year. And just follow up on that really quick. You know, having three guys drafting the NFL in the, ta- in the past two years, and Nate Davis, Alex Highsmith, and Cam Clark, and then obviously Benny LeMay landing with the with the Browns as well. How does that help when you can kind of go into a recruit's home and show them that, hey, you know, maybe a year ago or two years ago or five years ago, getting to the NFL from Charlotte wasn't necessarily an option. But now that you've put players in the NFL, recruits can see it as a viable route to the NFL. How about this? Um, in – the last um, in the last four years, we've had four fourth round or better uh, draft picks in in our program. And you're talking about a program that's played football for seven years, right? Uh, that's second most in group of five, uh, a group of five football behind Houston. Um, and so it's a big deal. It's not a pipe dream. It's not, hey, come be the first one to do it. The path has already been laid. Now we're looking for a second and first round draft pick, but when you have almost 200 NFL uh, employees that have been through your facility in the fall alone, um, it's it's not just you know hey uh, come here and hope that you find a way to get to the next level. It's uh, this has been done. We've shown you it can be done, uh, and now it's up up to you to to make sure you make that dream become a reality. So. It's definitely helped us on the recruiting trail. Um, I, I think that, you know, that those experiences that those guys were able to have on draft day was obviously extremely special for me. Um, and, you know, we're going to try and keep the pipeline going. And let's kind of transition to a guy you have on your roster this year. Being here in South Florida, I've had a chance to see Victor Tucker since he was in high school. Uh, he's a guy who certainly has NFL potential. But just want to talk about before you get to that step, uh, how huge is it to have a weapon like him on the offense? Well, I think the thing I've been most proud of uh, from Vic's standpoint is uh, is his growth, maturity, and and really uh, leadership. And and I think that he is a tremendous talent. He's got great ball skills. Uh, he's got uh, he's got a confidence that you can't you know you can't teach, um, and and he finds ways to win in one-on-one opportunities, which is obviously a huge asset to have for our offense. Uh, I mean, I can think of four or five games, especially down the stretch, that if we don't have Vic, I don't know if we win the football game. Uh, and so he had some huge games. I, I think the thing we got to get out of Vic is, and this is for us as coaches and for Vic as a player is we got to make sure he's involved in our game plan each and every week. We kind of didn't know how good he was until we got about midway through the season, and then we started showcasing him a little bit more. Um, so, you know, each and every week he's got to have uh, a big week, and, and uh, you know, we got to do a great job as, as coaches of putting him in some of those situations. Uh, awesome person. Um, you know, he, he is a, a team-first guy, and uh, and sometimes that's more difficult uh, coaching into wide receivers, but Vic has really laid the groundwork for uh, to having a really dynamic wide receiver group. For those of you listening, we have Charlotte 49er head coach Will Healy on the line. Got a couple more for him before we let him get out of here. Uh, now that you have a full season under your belt, is there anything that surprised you or maybe you know uh, one major takeaway about Conference USA football that you kind of noticed after making the jump from FCS? Yeah, I mean, it's a total different brand of football. I mean, Really, I mean, there's great coaches in this league. I mean, you go from top to bottom, and, and I mean, some of the times I go sit in the rooms and I'm like, I mean, 
I can't believe who I'm sitting in a room with and we're, we're all head coaches, you know, uh, guys that you've looked up to, guys that have done it for a long period of time, the others that are some of the hottest names in coaching, you know. Uh, so it, it is – it's a – every team you play against is going to be extremely well coached, disciplined, uh, fundamentally sound, uh, schematically give you give you fits, um, you know. And then the, the there's great players. Um, I feel like every road trip is different. Um, you know, you go into some difficult environments, you have some tough road trips. Um, and, and, you know, really for us, what it, what it opened up our eyes to was how far we have to go from a recruiting standpoint, uh, to eat, to level the playing field from a talent perspective, you know, um, I mean, there's some really, really good players in our league and, and, uh, I think it takes you a year. I mean, I, I learned the same thing when I was at Ossipi, I think you come in and, You've got these hopes and dreams, and uh, we're going to be able to just go out there and wear everybody out. And then you get into it, and you become a little bit more realistic uh, with how good the teams are, how well they're coached, and then uh, there's no cupcakes. Anybody in our league can beat anybody on a given week. Absolutely. We can attest to the talent here on this podcast. We've had quarterbacks like Asher O'Hara, James Morgan on the podcast. So definitely a, a talented league. Two more here for you before we get you out of here, Coach. I uh, want to ask you about two guys who may not get the recognition that they necessarily deserve, one being safety Ben DeLuca, a guy who missed most of last year but we're coming back this year, and uh, defenseman Marquise Watts. Just talk about those two guys and the impact they'll have on your defense coming up in 2020. Yeah, uh, having Ben and Tyreek Harris come, both come back uh, – for their last year is, is a big deal. I mean, it's probably as uh, good of a recruiting job as we could do just to get those two guys back, I mean, not just from what type of players they are, but what type of leaders they are. Um, ben was a guy that we were going to hang our hat on defensively a year ago. Uh, he gets hurt in the second game of the year against App, and we miss him the rest of the year. So, um, I, you know, I think he's really talented. Uh, he's physical. He runs well. Um, we think he's a very, very good player, and we're excited to have him back um, for so many different reasons. Um, you know, I, I think Marquise Watts is a guy who's got all the talent in the world. Um, you know, he he's probably got some natural athletic ability that that even Alex Highsmith didn't have. Uh, what he's got to do that Alex did was he's got to have the the same thirst for for learning the game and working and and being consistent. Um, because Marquise has all the tools, um, but I hope he learned a lot from Alex Highsmith as, as, as to how you prepare and how you work, um, and, and that should bode well for him. So uh, we need big years out of both of those guys to have success on defense. Final one here for V Coach is, uh, as I mentioned before, club lit, you know, kind of a, a really big culture change and something that you want to impart on the team last year. But just want to ask you a two-part question. One, who gets to choose the uh, the music? Is that a DJ choice or is that a player choice? And second, um, if Will Healy had a, had his choice of DJ and, and what the DJ would play, uh, what would be some of his options as far as will be played in club lit postgame after following a win? I'll answer the first question first. I mean, the second question first. Uh, they would boo me out of the DJ booth. Um, <laughs> I'd probably be playing some Garth Brooks and, and The River and, and some Eric Church. Um, and and that's not what those guys are wanting to listen to after a big win. Uh, the the music choice is uh, we have a DJ. He's ready to set up. If we lose, he packs his stuff up and goes home. If we win, uh, then he sets up and, and goes after it. We're actually uh, 
changing our locker room to uh, a, a club atmosphere um, uh, and redoing it this year. So it should add a, a new spark uh, to club lip. But it's, um, you know, it's, to me it's about celebrating success. And I think that those guys work extremely hard during the week, that they need to be able to enjoy something after a win that rewards them for their hard work. And, and uh, you know, if you're not enjoying the journey, if you're not enjoying the success, then, then why are you doing it? And so regardless of how we played, if we found a way to win – we're going to celebrate it, and uh, and we'll worry Monday, uh, you know, on what we need to fix to be able to, to take it to the next level. So, yes, I am not allowed uh, to be the DJ, and uh, and and there would be a revolt on our hands. And and uh, our our players, I think, give the DJ some ideas as he's as he's in there playing. Awesome. Well, thankfully, Coach, it uh, doesn't sound like your your players have to deal with your your musical taste too much, so I'm sure they appreciate that. But uh, I know they appreciate the uh, the coaching that you're providing also with uh, the just turnaround that we've seen in that program in the last couple of years. So, again, kudos to you and your staff on that. Um, for everybody listening, you've once again heard Coach Will Healy of the Charlotte 49ers, and uh, you can check out them, obviously, this season, and we'll provide uh, more coverage and insight into them as the offseason and uh, as the offseason season goes on and as the football season comes it's getting closer and closer um if you want you can follow at underdog dynasty on twitter at uh joehio underscore for me at eric c henry underscore for eric and uh, of course underdog dynasty.com every day for more g5 football content uh, we'll try and bring you more uh guests and coaches throughout the off season but uh coach will healy can't thank you enough for your time sir glad to do it thanks for having me guys have a great night